Heavenly Father God, we do thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your mission. Uh, Lord, for that your heart for the nations, God, that that can be our heart as well, and I pray that it would be. Uh, Lord, not just for us as a church, God, but for us individually. I pray that we would be uh, a big body that's filled with individual bodies, individual temples that, are, that desire to, to say, God, here am I, send me. Uh, here am I, Lord, use me as you would see fit. God, here am I, here's my family. God, take us and use us. Uh, Lord, be glorified uh, through, this, through this little church, through this little group of people here. God, we just be glorified as you reach the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to get in the Word. Man, missionary prayer nights, the time just goes so fast, and then we lose, you know, at the end, we get, into, we get into groups, but we need to get into the Word here for a few minutes. Ezekiel chapter 40, I want to share just a couple things with you before we break up uh, and, and get into our prayer groups. And I want to talk to you about dream missions trips, right? Some of you have been on a missions trip, and maybe you're thinking, mm, definitely wasn't ideal, wasn't my dream trip. And some of you were listening to all those trips I was talking about coming up, and you're like, how come there's no trip to Hawaii coming? <laughs> like, if we're talking dream trips, I didn't, I didn't see Maui. How come no one's praying about church planting in Maui? Why is it that the Tampa team is always the biggest team? Every year, every time we have Tampa trips, like, boom, that trip fills up right away. Right? So there, the, what would be your idea of a dream trip? What is... And more importantly, what is God's idea of a dream missions trip? Now, as a missions guy, you know, as I think about that, what are we trying to accomplish? When we send people out on missions trips, actually, what is the, the purpose? What is the vision? What are we doing? And I want to talk to you about that here in these first four verses of Ezekiel chapter 40. So Ezekiel 40, starting in verse 1. In the 5 and 20th year of our captivity, in the beginning of the year, in the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year, after that the city was smitten, in the selfsame day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me thither. In the visions of God brought he me into the land of Israel. You see, so this is it. It's a dream. It's a dream missions trip right here because it's literally in a dream. God takes Ezekiel on a missions trip. So in this vision, he moves him from where he was into Israel so he can see something. And into the land of Israel, and he set me upon a very high mountain by which was the frame of the city on the south. And he brought me thither. And behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass with a line of flax in his hand and a measuring reed. And he stood in the gate. And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears and set thine heart upon all that I will show thee. For to the intent that I might show them unto thee art thou brought hither. Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. And so, it, so here you have it. Ezekiel is, is taken by, in a vision by God and, and is, again, he's transported to Israel and, and he gets to see something that's going on. So he's, he literally gets the dream missions trip that we all want. Now God doesn't work uh, that way. He wants to literally take you on a physical missions trip, but he wants it to be just as powerful and just as meaningful and just as purposeful as the trip that he took Ezekiel on in this vision. So three things that I just want to give to you really quick and then we'll get into prayer groups. Number one, uh, the first thought is this. God wants me to go somewhere. He does. God wants you to go somewhere. And just like he did with Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was, was at this point, he was 
with the children of Israel in captivity, and yet even from his place of captivity, and he tells us that in the first verse, that it's been 25 years into the captivity, it's been 14 years since the city was smitten, things aren't going so great for Israel, everything around them's kind of drab, like he's a, he's, he's a prisoner of war for 25 years, right? So it's been bad. The economy's been bad. Like the, his, his government's been bad. Like there's a lot of things that, that weren't going right. And maybe some of you feel like you're in that place uh, sometimes in life or maybe all the time in life. But listen, even in that state, God got a hold of Ezekiel and was like, listen, now I have something for you. And I have something that I want you to, to accomplish. And the thing was that he needed him to go somewhere, that there was an actual place, that there was a geography that he was going to take him to. So he wanted to go and he wanted to show them some place, just like God wants to take you and show you some place. Even if you never go permanently, I believe that God wants every member of Midtown to go somewhere. Because I think there's power and purpose in actually getting up, and I'll tell you this in just a minute, and getting out of your, your, your seat, out of your house, out of your city, and going to where the people are. And God tells him this. Uh, he brought him to a place uh, in, in the visions in verse 2, and he sets him up on a high mountain. Uh, and, and puts him in a place where he can go and he can see the city. And what, what God tells him then down in verse 4 is this. I'm going to send you and I want you to see with your eyes. I want you to hear with your ears. I want you to set your heart. And then I want you to go and to share it. And, and this is the first thing that we want to do. When God sends us somewhere, he's sending us so that we can go and see with our eyes. Because there is power in going and actually seeing the rest of the world. Right? Uh, God designed us to interact with the world through our senses, both the physical world and the spiritual world. Even our senses are used to help us to interact with the spiritual world. We were just singing about, then sings my soul, that my soul itself can also sing. But when you see a soul in Luke 16 that's in hell, it still interacts with its world through its senses. It sees and it, and it has pain and it desires water. And so even all of the senses that God gave us, he gave to us uh, you know, on purpose so that we could interact with his creation. And there's power in engaging our senses in the work of the Lord. And so he said, I want you to go and to see. Deuteronomy 4, 9, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. There was a, a, a warning given to the nation of Israel that the things that come in through your eyes, they do affect your soul. And what I want you to do is to guard those things that I've given you. The things that you have seen from me, you need to hold on to those things because they impact your soul. And the things that we see can impact our relationship with the Lord. So he gives that warning, lest, he says, lest they depart from, from thy heart all the days of thy life. Don't let the things that God is showing you physically, don't let the things that God is allowing you to see ever depart from your mind, from, from impacting your soul, from impacting your life. But teach them unto thy sons and to thy sons' sons. So that's how things come in. Lamentation 3.51 says this, Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Uh, and, and that first half of that verse is powerful. Your eyes can affect your heart. And you know what? Advertisers know it. That's why they put a picture of like, you know, a, a real skinny, pathetic looking puppy dog. And they're like, somebody needs to adopt this puppy. And you see it and you're like, oh... And then you're like, honey, we need to adopt a puppy, right? Because it works. Compassion International. Praise the Lord for what they do, but how does, it, how does it work? Do you get a picture of a hungry kid? And you're like, ah, I got to feed that kid. Well, because it works. 
love justice. We support them, you know, and, and that's part of how it works. It works. Your eyes impact your heart. And because there are things in, in life that God wants to teach us that are best learned by seeing them. There are things that we need to learn just by getting involved and being a part of it. And that's how it was for Ezekiel. Now it's interesting because Ezekiel has, has seen a lot and knows a lot. If you know Ezekiel chapter 1, he's already had a vision of the throne of God and the glory of God and, and that the wheels and you know you keep going in Ezekiel 8 he's had a vision already of the coming destruction of the nation of Israel and the destruction of the temple and Ezekiel 37 he's had a vision of the dry bones coming back together he's been told that Israel will will become a nation again and and will live again you know so Ezekiel has had a, a bunch of, of visions already but here's just another thing where God said it's not enough just to tell you about it I need to show you and God wants to show you some things but in order for you to see him, you're going to have to get up and go somewhere. And there's value of seeing the city from the top of the mountain. This is interesting. That's exactly where God takes him right away. He takes him and puts him on top of a mountain. Remember when Satan was tempting Jesus, where did he take him? He took him up on top of a mountain to show him all the kingdoms of the world. Remember right before Moses died, God took Moses up on the mountain so he could, what, see the land that he wouldn't get to go into. But here it is. You get part of the vision, right? In John chapter, uh, in Revelation 21.10, John gets the same thing where where he is carried away in the spirit to a great and high mountain so that he can see that great city. There's power in going and simply seeing another city, another place, another, uh, another way of life, another culture. You want to have that experience, and God wants you to have it, and he wants to speak to you through it. And it's hard to see things different when everything around me stays the same. And this is what we need. We need to be challenged to see things differently. But when all we do is live within the same bubble all the time with people that are like me all the time, then it is hard to see things differently. And then it's no wonder that you don't get things from the Word and you, don't, you, don't, you aren't challenged by the Word and you never see anything new or different. You've heard Pastor Sam's testimony of a missions trip that he took and just going and seeing and journaling and coming home with a journal. He shared this just a couple months ago from this pulpit and handing it to his sister and said, just read it and see what God has shown me just by going and being. I have a very similar testimony myself. Going and seeing, God will speak to you. The next three chapters that, that come after Ezekiel 40, it lays out in extreme detail the, 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 the temple, like to exact measurements, like to the inch, how the, how the temple is to be built. And what God is, is telling Ezekiel is that what, what's coming is much bigger than what has already been. In fact, it's bigger than what has ever been. At this point, there have been two temples already, and, uh, and Ezekiel is, is seeing a vision of a, of a new temple that would far surpass anything that ever had been. And mission trips should move us to desire great things for the ministries that we go and visit. This is how dream mission trips work. When we go and we see what God is doing in other cities and we see uh, what is going on in other ministries, we should come back and we should, we should desire better things for them. We should come back praying that they would eclipse us, that they would have more uh, fruit than they've ever had in their life, that the future of those ministries that we went to would be brighter than anything that they've ever known. Missions will give us a heart for other ministries, and that's good. We need to get beyond our own ministry. Praise God for the ministry we have here, but we need to be invested in other ministries and what God is doing around the world just as well. So we should come back praying. Missions trips should bring us back praying. 
So if we go and we don't come back praying, something was wrong with your mission trip. Next, God wants you to meet someone. He wants you to go somewhere, but he wants you to meet someone. As soon as Ezekiel is, is taken in the vision to a place, he meets a man. And it says, this man, uh, whose appearance was like the appearance of brass, and then he had a line, and he goes and he has a specific work. Listen, God also wants you to meet people. Uh, God wants you to, to hear with your ears what is going on in the lives of other people. Um, because we need to keep moving, let me just keep pushing here. It, it, and I want, let me say this, in terms of when, when God sends you, not only does he want you to see a place, but he wants you to get to know the hearts of the people as well. And that it's harder to love the world when all I know is my world. It's harder to be concerned for the individuals that are out there when all I know is that they're out there. And I've never connected to them, I've never met them. But God's heart was for the world. And he says that our heart should be for the world too. Not just MBT. And not just Kansas City. And not even just like-minded ministries. But we need to go and we need to see the state of the world. And we need to see the state of the lost. And when you go, you know what God wants you to do? He actually wants you to meet somebody. When you're on a mission trip, you should get to know somebody who's there. Missions should build relationships. If you come back from a missions trip and you don't have a new friend, then I would say something didn't go right on your missions trip. You should go and you should get to know like-minded people or maybe the lost there, and you should come back praying. Every time I've got to go on a missions trip or maybe to a conference, I've always come back with new friends and new relationships. Because uh, God wants, wants me to get to know people as well. So mission trips should be, all, should be producing friendships. This is part of what a dream uh, mission trip should do. And as I come back, it should knit my heart to that ministry, but also to the peoples of the world. And last, and we'll do this real quickly, is, is number three, God wants to teach me something. When you go on a mission trip, and I might say that this is the, the, probably the primary thing, God wants to speak to you. Okay? And this is what he told Ezekiel. Tune in your eyes, tune in your ears, and tune in your heart as well. Set your heart and get ready to learn. And it is hard to learn when, when you think that you were only sent to teach. And I know the purpose of some of our trips that we go on is to teach. And we have, you know, we have been given a lot. And sometimes we go and we teach discipleship, or sometimes we go and we teach church planting, or sometimes we go and, and we have trips that are primarily you know, designed to be teaching trips. But listen, if you think you're only going to teach, then you're going to miss out on everything that God wants to do, because he wants you to be teachable. When you are there, even if you're going as a teacher, there is a lot that you can learn. Every time I've come back from, another, uh, from visiting another church or another ministry, another missions trip, uh, you know, I think all of us come back and we're like, man, praise God for what God's doing here. And that's good. You should come back. But I tell you what, if you come back and you didn't learn anything from another ministry, if you come back going, man, we've, we're doing it so much better. Man, I feel sorry for them. Man, if they only had what we had. If you come back thinking that, you did not go with the Lord. And you were not listening to the Lord. There are ministries out there, in terms of numbers, that, you know, for whatever that matters. We're, 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 we're X hundred, and they're only half of X hundred, and so that makes us better. Listen, we should be listening, and we should be looking around. We should be going and saying, hey, look at, look at what they do in worship. Look at what they're doing in discipleship. Maybe it is a little bit different, but you know what? 
God wants us to learn from them just as much as he may send us. Praise God that we have pastors and teachers and the world is asking us to send pastors and teachers. But when you go, you better set your heart first. And the right way to set your heart is say, Lord, teach me while I'm there. So seeing and hearing without setting your heart will, will get you nowhere. If you're going and all you're doing is seeing and hearing and you think you're going to teach, uh, but you don't go ready to learn, then all you're doing is tourism. All you're doing is travel. If you have not gone on a mission trip deciding that you will meet with the Lord and let him meet with you and lead you, then all it is is travel. Do that on your time. That's why we have Bible study. If, you're, if, you're, if your mission trip doesn't have a Bible study component, if you guys aren't getting in the Word together, something's wrong with your mission trip. You go on a mission trip with Will, and he says, you know what, we're going to study the book of Jonah while we're here in, in, in Florida. You're like, Jonah, why? Well, because there's an ocean. You might get swallowed. That's why. It makes sense. <laughs> Be careful on that beach day. Go have fun. But you, if you're running from the Lord, that's why he chose Jonah. No, because, because you need to meet with the Lord. Because you're going to learn in your quiet times and your team times together and from the people that you're going to minister to, they should be ministering to you. And you need that. Again, Ezekiel is, man, he's had a bunch of visions. He knows the Lord. And yet here he is. He's in a position where he knew more, far more than any of us considering the visions he'd already received. And here he is willing to hear from the Lord again. So mission tripping... Missions trips without engaging the Lord is just tourism. Missions trips should move us to see what God, uh, to share what God is doing as well. And this is the last thing that, that Ezekiel's told. I'm giving you all of this so that when you come back from your missions trip, you have something to give to somebody else as well. So missions trips should produce in us a desire to teach or a desire to share what God is doing. If you come back and you're able to keep your mouth shut, I would say once again, something didn't go right on your missions trip. Now, I know not everyone's made to, built to stand up here and do this and share from this position. Not everyone likes that. Not everyone is equipped for that. But there should be people in your life, when you come back from a missions trip, where you say, listen, we have to get coffee because I have to tell you what's going on. And if you've been with the Lord uh, and, and you've had time with him, then that's how you'll come back from a missions trip. So how do you give a, uh, a trip update? We do that a lot. You just tell these th basic three things. You tell us uh, what you did when you were on the trip, why you went, what was the purpose, right? I mean, we do want to hear that. And that's what those next three chapters are basically about. Here, here's the, here's the blueprint for the temple. It's all details. It's about what they did. But then the next thing you want to do is you want to tell us about the ministry and the people that were there. And, and in doing so, you tell us how do we pray? What is God doing there? So tell us, you know, the physical, the layout of the land, but then tell us about the ministry, and then lastly, tell us what God showed you. When you come back and, and we say, tell us about your trip, you tell us those three things. And as you tell us what God showed you, that should also end with, this is why you should go on a missions trip, because God showed me this and he wants to speak to you. So there's your primer on how to give a trip update. All right, we're out of, we're out of time. I'm gonna, we're going to go to a video right now. I know that came fast. I want to get us to, to some prayer time. There's going to be a video about Living Faith Boston. As soon as the video is done, Jorge is going to jump up here and tell us uh, ways that we can be praying for Living Faith Boston, and then he'll break us up into our groups. Thank you, guys.